Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into Sin's Workshop. I hope you are all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be reviewing Welda's Witch by Rachel Griffin. First of all, I loved The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin. That, whenever I'm at work, because I work at a bookstore, and they come to me, they're like, I need a good witchy read. I'm like, oh my god, I have the perfect book for you. And it's always Nature of Witches. That is my go-to witchy book. Well, this one, and I hate to say it, this one to me felt a little more shallow. Um, and I hate to say that. I really do hate to say that because I don't think the book itself is shallow. It's very immersive. You know, I really did feel transported in the book. I felt like I was in the wilderness of Washington. I could feel the morning dew mist on my skin almost. I could breathe in that air. It felt like I was there. It, I really did feel transported there. My problem with the book is that romance. Now, Iris and Pike, they don't get along. Pike doesn't like witches in journals, but he doesn't know that Iris is a witch. There were some things that happened in her life. Um, that forced her and her mom to relocate to Washington. And because of these incidences, you know, basically her friend, her best friend, cast a spell to try to turn her boyfriend into a witch because she loved him and he loved magic and he wanted to really be part of her world. Unfortunately, that incident resolves in his death. It's a very tragic scene, and it traumatized Iris because she saw the aftermath of it. She says she still remembers hearing his screams in her ear. So it has left her scarred. It has left her traumatized. It has made her feel very separated from everything that she's ever done, and she feels such guilt. Even though she had nothing to do with the situation, she was there, but they did everything while she was asleep. She feels like if she had just seen the signs, she could have stopped it. That is what she constantly thinks. She's like, if I had just paid closer attention, if I had just watched my friend closer, except it's not her responsibility to take care of her friend, and it's not her responsibility to control what her friend does. Her friend has to own up to her mistakes. So for her, relocating meant also keeping her identity a secret. But Pike is not shy about his opinions of witches. He has his own misgivings about them. His family as well has been hurt indirectly by magic. And all, basically, witches helped hasten his brother's death, his little brother's death. His little brother who loved magic and loved witches. Unfortunately, witches, a rotten witch, did play a part in, <clears throat> pardon me, in his little brother's demise from cancer. It's very tragic. So you understand Pike's misgivings as the story evolves. I mean, early on, personally, I didn't hate him. Um, he was just kind of obnoxious, but he was still very charming at the same time. Iris doesn't find him charming at all. I found him charming. So I just wanted her to get over and be like, he's allowed to have his opinions. He doesn't have, to, he's like, you don't even, he doesn't even know you're a witch. Like, why don't you try being honest with him? And then maybe things can change or your relationship can change. But she just kind of 
puts everything inside of her and just let, lets things build up. She lets her emotions build up. So he says one rotten thing, and her response is, I'm going to go into the woods and cast, and cast this curse on him that I'm never really going to follow through with. The curse is to turn him into a witch. Why was her friend stripped of her magic and then imprisoned and put in a juvenile detention center? Because she caused her boyfriend's death by turning him into a witch. And now Iris is doing the same stupid thing. Yeah, she has no intention of actually casting this curse. She's just casting it to release her anger, and then she was just going to dispel it in, into the earth, and then nothing would happen. Unfortunately, a Snow White Owl comes and swoops the curse away, and a Snow White Owl in this witchy world are magical amplifiers. So if something bad happens to this owl before she can rid it of the curse and completely dispel it, it's going to have catastrophic events. So she goes off into the woods, unfortunately, with Pike, um, at her mother's behest, mind you shouldn't tell her mother anything, they go into the woods to try to find this owl, and she's just like, no, I have to say it, I have to say it, I have to say it. You get to see that relationship build up, and I do understand, you know, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of high stakes. You know, the movie, not the movie, the novel itself is moving very, very fast, but I think my biggest problem with it is she goes from completely, like, disliking him, and then early on, like, their first night out, in the woods, he lifts up his arms and reveals um, the skin beneath his belly button. And she finds herself thinking like, ooh, what's underneath that belt? It didn't feel like Rachel Griffin's writing. It didn't feel like Iris as a character. It felt very out of place and it felt very out of character. I would have understood that scene better had it come after some of their bonding moments. It's like, okay, you're seeing him as more than just an antagonist to you. You're seeing him as an actual person. You still don't like him, but I can start seeing that physical attraction build up in a more natural way. That really, to me, I think that's why the story felt a little bit more shallow. Because the book itself is supposed to be cathartic. These two characters have a lot of baggage. And opening up to one another, they're learning to let go of their guilt and their anger and their resentment. And they're learning to leave the past in the past and move on with their lives. That was really powerful for the storytelling, I do think. And I think it was really powerful for the characters. And it really did um, show a lot of character development. And it really did show a really good strengthening in their character dynamics and that relationship. So I was able to appreciate that slow burn enemies to love a romance because of that. However, that early scene really stuck with me because it just felt so out of place. And I think it did make the story itself feel a little bit more shallow compared to the nature of witches. And Rachel Griffin, she's not a shallow writer. I don't think so at all. I think her storytelling is immersive. I think it's really thoughtful. I love the tone of it, and I love that atmosphere. But comparatively, it did fall short for me because I was so used to a little bit more depth on her part that this one scene kind of took away from the relationship here in this novel. So, unfortunately, I would give this book a three out of five stars, whereas I gave The Nature of Witches, I'm pretty sure I gave that one four and a half, if not five out of five stars, because that book was phenomenal, and I highly recommend it to everyone. Wild is the Witch, I mean, it's, it's a little lighter. It's, I would say it's fluff compared to the 
nature of witches. It's still a really good read. It's still very thoughtful, still very immersive. But it didn't have that level of depth that I was expecting after reading The Nature of Witches. This one felt more like a debut than The Nature of Witches did there, if that makes sense. So I would give it three out of five stars. Now, of course, I, my opinion is my own. I will, of course, include links in the description of the podcast if you want to check out the book yourself. And you know what? Once again, thank you for tuning in to this review. Um, please don't forget to like the podcast, subscribe to it, share with all your book-loving friends. And on that note, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, happy reading.